Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Celebrate You, the podcast on personal development, money, and entrepreneurship for you, the modern woman. So many of you have been asking different platforms and face-to-face -face about crypto. So instead of me doing a rant about crypto, I decided to bring you an expert and ex-colleague. So today we have Dag, but it's Dagmara Aldrich, and she is the Chief Operating Officer at Sumo, a crypto wallet and payments platform. And she will basically educate us today on all things crypto. <laughs> so Dag, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Wow, thank you, Moni. Uh, what an introduction. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't call myself an expert, apprentice. I am a crypto apprentice and I'll do my best to, to share what I've, I've learned in the last year um, and then maybe point you in some other sources. But, you know, th there is a lot to learn and a lot is happening in the space. So it's, you know, you, 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 you're never an expert, I feel. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're right. There's so much to learn and especially it's new for everyone. Like it is. <laughs> there's yes. not a, the crypto experts, like the, the ones that started this maybe what, 10 years ago, it's still recent. <laughs> I know it is, it is. And, and it's, you know, changes um, so much. The technology is advancing and, so yes, I think we we sort of building the future whilst whilst learning ourselves. Exactly, awesomeness. So before we get into crypto as such, can you tell us a little bit about your story, who you are, and how you ended up being a COO, which is impressive, and B in crypto company? Sure. Um, okay. Well, who am I? Well, let's start at the beginning. So. <laughs> I am a, um, a Polish expat, um, adopted Brit. Um, I lived in yeah. Britain now for uh, half of my uh, life, which is a, a lot. A, um, a daughter of um, two farmers, a first to go to, um, you know, to university. Um, uh, and I guess as, as a child, uh, I perhaps didn't conform to what, uh, what was expected of a girl. Uh, mm. in my culture I was always um, told that I was a little bit too much too curious too demanding too outspoken um, but you know um, that I thought that served me well <laughs> exactly um, I was always very curious and I loved learning you know um, my cousins used to joke that um, I was a total nerd because I hate summer holidays when there was no school and no opportunity to learn sure. um, so bit of a, a bookworm. Um, I studied um, history of theatre when I was in Poland and then when I moved to the UK I actually flipped and finished a degree um, in a history of modern art and oh, wow. uh, literature. Um, so completely unrelated to anything I do I, and, I, and I suppose um, you know when I reflect back on it uh, part of the reason why I studied the subjects was because I loved it but part of it was because you know in where I came from girls didn't study um, science or business mm -hmm. or, you know, um, sort of um, those male yeah. subjects. Yes. Um, so, so I studied what I loved, um, I suppose. Um, I live in, in Midlands, in Northampton, um, with my partner Alistair and my cat, Mr. Bear. Um, oh. And um, I always joke that 
you know it's it's quite funny i love water it's it's yeah, anything to do with water any water sports um, and i live the furthest from the um, uk coast you can so oh. <laughs> so the pipe dream is you know get a house with access to water when i retire yes yes go on, near on, the water on crypto <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> that's the plan that's the plan nice. um so so that's that's who i am um, yeah your your second question was well how how did i end up um where i am right now um well you know i i always think that um i didn't really plan to end up being chief yeah. operating officer um although um my family jokes that when i was a kid and i was asked what what i wanted to do when i was grown up i used to tell people that i want to rule the world so maybe oh. subconsciously <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe yeah, running the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but uh, no, I, you know, my career mostly um, started in um, project management and delivery functions. And, you yeah. know, uh, I worked predominantly financial um, services and um, uh, payments. Um, and for me, uh, as I say, I never sort of thought of, of um like, oh, I must have certain job title by certain time. Mm. Um, for me, it was always about mastering and growing my skill set. So whenever I thought of, um, should I take this job or what, what should be the next job I'm looking for? It was always about three things. So one, can I deliver positive impact immediately? So yeah. do the skill set that I already have uh, is going to lend itself so I can make progress. I can make positive impact. So number one. Number two, am I going to learn something, either a sub sure. new subject matter or whatever it is? Um, is there an opportunity to learn? And thirdly, and that's the one that um, often um, women struggle with, am I going to grow and be, be exposed to something that I've never done? So am I going to really stretch myself and yeah. just be brave enough to figure out, how, you know, yes. um, as I go along? Um, so, um, so, so that's, you know, it never was about thinking about career in, in that sort of, um, career as a sort of ladder. It's more like, you know, as long as I am, um, learning, growing and uh, delivering positive impact, I'm good. I don't care what the job title is. Oh, that is such a good framework. I'm like, I'm taking notes as you speak. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and, and it's hard at times because I think we always um, have tendency to comparing ourselves to other. Yes. So I had to work really hard to just focus on my journey and not others' journey. And for me, the ambition was always about that growth and mastering of whatever I was doing. And when I mastered whatever I was doing, then let's Time move on. Jump. Let's find something else. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, I made my transition into operational type of role uh, about four years ago, okay. uh, and it was, um, you know, sheer sort of accident, I suppose, um, but, but actually it wasn't. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to be approached by um, someone that you may remember from Barclaycard, Camilla Sanner. Yeah. Um, is who I work with at Barclaycard. And... Um, she um, just joined Valitor and uh, again, she was one of those people that could see beyond the job titles and she felt that I had all the skill set to do the job of a, you know, running operations for Valitor mm -hmm. and, and that's how I got in and um, I, you know, I mastered my craft 
I learned new things that I've never done before. I run customer support uh, function. I migrated it from Iceland to the UK. I took on onboarding, which I've never done before. And, and you know, grew my skill set. So. And you didn't have operations experience before? No. That is no. such a good piece of, of uh, experience to share with everyone. Because like yeah, our careers were like, for example, I mean, product. So it's like, oh, yes, product, 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 product. But no, maybe it's uh, exactly yeah. where can you grow next? Where can you deliver impact? And then exactly what do you like? Yeah. And, you know, and again, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we often, you know, recruiters and recruiting manager can think very narrowly in terms of like, oh, well, if you're in product, then you must continue in product. So, but it's about the, you know, skill set, which is transferable. So, you know, you, you, in product, you, you will learn how to manage pieces <laughs> of work. So you would make a good, you know, project leader as well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so I think it's, you know, sometimes it's about finding the people that can see beyond that. And Camilla was that person for me in making that yeah. transition. And then again, when um when I was approached um, uh, by Zumo, it was through someone else that I worked with at Valitor. They were in talks with Zumo uh, on a potential piece of um, um, business. And again, he believed that, that I had the right skill set to be um, chief operating officer. He introduced me to Paul and Nick, the co-founders. Yeah. Uh, and again, they sort of um, you know, looked beyond the fact that I didn't have that job title. I had all the skills that they needed to, uh, you know, for the business at that time. And they said, yeah, come on board. So, you know, here I am. That is amazing. Um, it's, a, it's a really good story and it opens up our minds to how to think about our careers. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it was a mixture of really, um, as I said, you know, hard work, that pursuit of self-improvement and growth, but also having a network of people that could see beyond your job title could see your potential and were not afraid to 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 take a chance on you so that's really how I got here if you were to look back and it's like how would or yeah deconstruct that how can we create that network of people especially now that it's like we are all in the computer <laughs> They're not yeah. working face to face. You know what? I think for me, it has to come from a place of authenticity and genuinity because I, I am a terrible networker. I hate networking. I think no one likes I am just terrible at it. But all the people that um, have helped me in my career professional career have truly meant something to me and had something that I admired in them and uh you know I took opportunity to always go and say you're really good at this and I want to be good at this can you help me be good at it good at, yeah. and and that really true you know um personal connection is really um how you you build a powerful network that isn't based on transactional or you know I've got a product to sell you've got a product to sell yeah. it's tr truly connecting on 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 you know on the much deeper level so I think that's yes. how I got the 
network. Okay. It's not a big network, but um, you know, I I put a huge value on all those people that are in my network. Yeah. Um, you know, they they do mean something to me. And you're right. It's not about the large network, but it's about meaningful connections, meaningful people, like yeah. people that I've worked with in the past, well, including yourself. But it's like I've learned like so much from many people. And let's say you and I worked together seven years ago. And I still remember being in those committees and looking at you and Marina and like all these other women, strong women. Yeah. To my mind, you know, it's like you create a memory of how you behave in the boardroom, for example. Yes. And yeah. then you're learning from that. Particularly, you say with women, yeah, with women, you know, we have, we still have um, not enough role models for our girls. And, and when you do meet those authentic women and you sit with them and you just think, oh my God, you absolutely rock. That's yes. who I want to be. That's the woman I want to be. Yes. Um, and, you know, you may have limited interactions, but that is, that, that is meaningful to you because it creates that memory and, and that's yes. sort of, yeah. And you learn by osmosis, kind of. You learn by observing, <laughs> not osmosis. You learn by observing them and how they behave. And you're like, yeah. That's how one behaves. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have a, a very, very interesting story on career growth, a different, different way of approaching it. That's super cool that you shared that. Thank you. Okie dokie. So Thank now you. let's go into it. Crypto. And I'll ask the questions, let's say, on behalf of my friends that they ask me all these questions. But let's start with the very basics. What mm -hmm. the what's a cryptocurrency? Okay. So in essence, cryptocurrency is a blockchain-based decentralized platform. And um, as a financial blockchain, um, it means that it's not controlled by any central bank or a fiscal authority so that's the main difference obviously when we think of currencies they're controlled by um central bank well with crypto instead the the blockchain which crypto is built on is controlled by a peer-to-peer -peer network of um of computers right. and that network of computers is performing you know millions of really complex calculations whilst at the same time recording and managing the, the sort of transactional footprint. And the, the cool thing about, um, you know, crypto and blockchain is that it is super secure because it uses um, cryptography um, to make it uh, secure. The, the fact that it's um, decentralized, it makes it also um, unmutable because um, not one person sort of um, controls whether the transaction happened or not. It has to happen by consensus of the entire network. So therefore you can't cheat. Yes. Um, and um, it is also, um, you know, really focused on privacy and accessibility because again, um, because it is uh, open source, anyone can have access to um to crypto and to blockchain and it's not controlled by the institutions that are managing those financial products mm -hmm. it's a beautiful explanation because it's also like i like how you explain that it's like a network of machines <laughs> and the security because then it brings it to life thank you okay good so 
Another question that I get a lot is, why should I invest in crypto now? Okay. Well, I don't think I can answer the, the you know, the question why you should. Yes. Um, um, because, you know, in, in investment is a very personal thing. Yeah. Um, but what I would say, well, why is crypto important? Um, I think like with, you know, with any very young industry on the brink of becoming mainstream, um, I guess if you, if you invest now, you, you, you probably are going to reap um, a higher rewards. But also because, you know, I genuinely believe that um, it, it's the future of uh, financial services. And, um, and it's never going to um, uh, sort of replace the traditional uh, financial services, but I think it complements it beautifully. And it can solve for certain things that financial services can't, traditional payments industry can't or doesn't want to. So uh, for me, um, you know, if I think about crypto as the purely in its, you know, as, the, as a uh, form of a payment or storing value, it can really solve for the problem of, um, uh, you know, in economies and countries with civil unrest or economic unrest, where actually the traditional currencies are even more volatile than cryptocurrencies. And there is an application of crypto there in order to, you know, help with that. Um, with Bitcoin itself, you know, Bitcoin um, has a, um, lim or li there is a limit on the number of Bitcoins that ever will be um, mined. Therefore, actually, um, inflation um, doesn't apply to, um, to um, you know, some of those um, currencies. Um, they much more secure form of payments. And also they give you um, an ultimate control of, you know, um, you know, you don't have to rely on bank and the people that run banks you are fully in control of, uh, of the assets itself, should you um, wish to choose a, a non-custodial wallet. Um, it's also a good form of investment. So, and, and obviously it carries risks, which yeah. you need to assess and you yeah. need to be comfortable with. But if you think about traditional form of, um, uh, you know, investment that are sort of generic and accessible to, um, you know, the broader society, like um, saving accounts or uh, traditional ISAs. I mean, the returns because of where we are economically are minimal. You, I mean, the most you are going to get is 0.5 um, um, APR. Whereas with um, crypto and their yielding products, the returns are much higher, you know. Um, so anything between five to 10% you can get in return. Yes. Oh, can you expand on that? Because I don't think everybody knows because I yes. use the word yielding products. Like for people who are listening and do not work in banking or tech and have not yeah. invested in product in, in, uh, in crypto, then yielding, well, <laughs> it's just a yeah. so, word. I know. I hate the word yield as well. <laughs> and the way I explain it is literally like having a um, saving account but uh, using crypto so what you do is you you find you know it's, it's a fairly new product into the market so you can basically take any crypto and um, that you hold and you can lend it to a business who in turn is going to probably trade it lend it to other people and you know uh, they basically share their returns with you in a form of Interest. percentage of an yes. APR so it's, it's, it's just like having a saving account but it just pays you more and of course depending on um, the, the level of risk you want to take the return can be as I say between five to ten percent 
less risk, less return, more risk, more return. So, um, so that's um, that. And I think crypto is also, uh, you know, important because I think um, that's its most important application. There's loads of sort of ongoing experiments happening is um, financial inclusion. So I firmly believe that because cryptocurrencies are open source and um, they are not centrally controlled, they can advance financial inclusions. And, you know, there are many, many um, experimentations going on with many, uh, um, you know, different organizations where, you know, we, we, we building um, peer-to-peer lending products. Um, we building um, uh, better remittance. So, you know, yep. sending money, something that I'm, I'm sure um, it's something that um, impacts you. If you want to send money exactly. from Malaysia to the your UK home, or to Mexico. Yes, the fees are huge. So again, with cryptocurrency, because it's borderless and because it's, you know, the network is worldwide and you don't have to sort of, you know, translate it, that the cost of the remittance can be significantly um, reduced. And, you know, because it's not centrally con- uh, controlled and the only thing you need really to start playing is a phone, yes. then... Um, all of a sudden it becomes so accessible and I, you know, firmly believe that it, it can, you know, revolutionize, um, you know, what the future um, looks like really. That's a very good point, especially when it comes to inclusion. Um, how do I buy crypto? How do I open a crypto account? Mm-hmm. Well, so I would encourage anyone and everyone to obviously do your research because yes. there are there will be you know multiple um, uh, providers um, you know out there, and um, so so do your research and sort of um, I think there are key questions that you need to answer before you then find the right provider. So the first question is. Um, do you want a custodial or non-custodial wallet? The oh, difference. That's a great question. Yes. And what does that mean? <laughs> when I first opened mine, I'm like, yeah. so what? <laughs> so um, so the, the key difference between custodial and non-custodial is so non-custodial wallet, um, every, every cryptocurrency wallet will have two sets of keys, a private and public keys. And uh, in a non-custodial wallet, you are the only person that has got um, access to your private keys. And all of the transactions happen on blockchain. So when you purchase crypto, it happens on blockchain, it's recorded on blockchain. And when it's confirmed, it appears in your wallet. You can withdraw that money um, at any time. You can send that money where I was. So you've got much greater flexibility. And usually the associated fees are um, lower than with a custodial wallet. The, I guess the risks or the disadvantages um, are that because you are fully in control of your non-custodial wallet, if you lose the access to your private key or, or it's also referred to as a seed phrase, that's it. No one can recover it. Don't. You know, even when you go to the wallet provider, they don't store it, they don't have it, they can't reset it for you, that's it, it's gone. So, you know, with that come greater responsibility. So you have to think about it. Do you want to have that responsibility, but therefore the ultimate, you know, control and freedom that it gives you, 
or would you rather someone else look after your kids for you? Like, uh, the other thing is that's good. Exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. And with um with um sometimes you know the disadvantage of of um, having a, a non-custodial world if the speed of transaction is really important to you that can sometimes when the when the markets go crazy and elon musk you know tweets something inappropriate <laughs> yes. yet again and everyone goes bye bye or sell sell and the network goes crazy it, there, there is a you know there can be a latency issue so it can take you know even a few hours sometimes for your um, transaction to be confirmed and you know that can be unsettling with a custodial wallet in essence is no different than um, a sort of bank you know custodial wallets tend to be uh, controlled by um, um, organizations often um, um, crypto exchanges and they will have access to uh you know to your 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 keys and they will when you instruct them to purchase something uh, that transaction will happen immediately because they will just simply make them ledger update yeah. in the same way in traditional payments you know someone pays you money it appears on your bank account immediately and it clears in the background and um, so sort of very similar um, process to that what um, what the disadvantage of custodial is that often the fees are higher and also when you want to go uh, what we call off ramp i.e you want to take your crypto and send it to um, someone externally you either will be stung with big fees or um, you will have to exchange it into fiat currency and again pay a premium for it before yes. you can then um, you know utilize it and you don't actually own the asset you know the asset is owned by um by the organization you just sort of you know it appears as though you own it but yeah. actually physically you don't because it's not on on blockchain you don't um you know you don't own it so i think that's the first thing you know what is it um, that uh, that you want? Is it custodial or is it non-custodial? I think the second thing is um, how much um, do you want to invest and 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 how often? Yeah. Uh, and I would say you should always only invest um, as much as you're willing to lose. Exactly. Because there is, you know, there is no bank that's going to guarantee, you know, if someone goes bust, you know, the government is not going to return your savings or whatever you know no. when it's when when it goes down oh, it's it gone really does. yes so um so really figure out well how much am i willing to um, invest and how often i want to invest and the how often i want to invest and, and sort of the term of investment again may determine of what product you use so if you want like a long-term investment you may just want to purchase some Bitcoin and, and, and just leave it in your wallet, sitting there, hold it and wait for it to appreciate in value. Yes. If, um, if you want to uh, sort of um, to uh, think of um, something like a midterm investment, then yielding product might be something that you want to consider because then you can take your, uh, you know, your, your crypto, invest it in, in that little saving account and get returns, you know, every quarter, every six months every year you get extra on the top of it and then if you if you want to you know make money short term then you may want to look into like DeFi trade trading so like uniswap um or yeah sushi swap and you know but that i think i would say that's much more advanced although the, the DeFi trading 
sort of makes it slightly easier for you because it's obviously automated and that's their whole point that you know is programmatically um done you know how you what you purchase and how you swap it for what so so i think these are the key things that you need to um answer and then find the right solution and i would say find find a provider which isn't afraid of regulation you know it's a it's a common misconception that oh well, cryptocurrency is not regulated and yeah. therefore you know we all crooks that's not true you know any reputable um provider will embrace okay. uh, regulation you know we we um zoom our, uh, ourselves we are on the temporary register for 5mld uh, and uh, we are in the process of securing our emi license uh, we you know we fulfill all of the regulatory requirements that any bank would and we take um, our regulatory obligations very seriously so just just do your due diligence and um find people you trust and sources you you trust and and you know weed and educate yourself before you make an investment that's the best advice go and educate yourself before you make an investment because then at least if the if the financial investment doesn't pay off in the long term the education investment did and then you learned something in the process 100 percent 100 percent exactly then another question that i got the other day and this when i was like I don't know. So maybe you know. How do I create a cryptocurrency? I was like, I don't know. I have to think about that. How do you create cryptocurrency? Yeah. If you are like, you know, like somebody came up with Bitcoin, somebody came up with Ethereum. What if I want to come up with my own cryptocurrency and then trade it? in your app <laughs> i i don't know either monica quite frankly one of my friends asked me and i was like oh i don't know i've never asked that question before <laughs> but i know someone that that definitely our cto who is um, an amazing uh, blockchain developer I'm sure he will know the answer. So I'll find out and let okay. you know. Okay, yes, let me know. <laughs> because the other day I was very curious. I was like, no, I really don't know. I would have to do some research. Google will always tell us the answer. How do I start? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Anything else that you think, if I'm a novice investor, anything else that I should know about crypto before opening an account and getting into it? Yeah, as I said, you know, only invest as much uh, as you're willing to lose. Find reputable um, um, provided that embraces um, um, uh, regulation. Also, um, if it sounds like too good um, a deal, it probably is, you know. So, um, again, you know, there are, there are those sort of urban myths and stories of, you know, people making millions and buying la Lamborghinis, you know, yeah on bitcoin you know that happened maybe once twice um in, in the history of, of of the of the um of the whole uh, industry so just you know just just be cautious and make sure that um that it sounds um like a like a kosher idea yeah um and also um if you have a non-custodial wallet and uh, never give your seed phrase so you know uh, very similar to again never your password. you know absolutely yeah. you know a bank never should be will be asking you for your full card number 
um, no um, um, provider should be asking you for your um, for your seed phrase. So um, just really that. But you know, the, the, you've asked at the beginning, how do you start? Well, the best way to start is to start. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So you know, that's what I told just, my friends. It's like just start. Put like buy ten ten dollars or ten pounds, exactly ten, whatever your currency is. Buy ten, and then even the process of opening the account. Exactly. It teaches you something. When I opened my account, I think I opened like three or so. And I was like, oh, this is so stressful. <laughs> and I, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> I work in the industry. <laughs> I know how to do this. And I was like, oh, I don't understand. And one of, <laughs> one of, one of the exchanges, uh, their interface is not friendly. <laughs> and no. you like, what how do i do this <laughs> i think that's actually um quite a common um uh, sort of thing in the industry i think because because it's such a complex and, and technically complex um you know uh, blockchain itself I, I think um loads of people that created it, those things they are very very clever people and they you know they love the sort of geekiness that goes with it but therefore perhaps they don't think of user interface that's not their priority and that's something that actually um we're trying really hard at zumo to to overcome make it really easy and intuitive because that's the way you get people that are curious but just a bit <gasps> apprehensive yeah. to you know just cross the threshold and just dip your toes into it start small keep learning and then keep building and then you know start start simple and then go into more and more complex um products that would be my advice awesome thank you and then i think this is towards the final set of questions that people ask me what's the difference between a crypto exchange and a crypto wallet so um yeah crypto wallet um it's basically which is what it says it's a wallet it enables you to store hold send um, and um spend um your cryptocurrency so it's a little bit like a vault in a bank isn't it yeah whereas crypto exchange will um will enable the the transaction of exchanging one crypto with another crypto or with fiat currency so it's a little bit like i suppose going to to the um bank counter and saying oh could i order some um dollars and could i pay with it for you know with my gbp because i'm You're off right. on yeah. sort of holidays and um often uh, the, the two are not mutually exclusive often you know one go with uh, um with another we um at zumo we have um we not exchange ourselves, but we are integrated with an uh, with an exchange, um, and we enable um, you can you know uh, uh, buy Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin SB, and um, exchange it into GBP at the moment. But we work with a third party provider, so so yeah. it's really what do you focus on? You know, are you? It's one is a little bit like Visa network, uh, whilst the other one is a little bit like a bank, a isn't bank. it? So wallets are a little bit like banks whereas exchanges are more like i suppose the visa network yes oh that's yeah. such a beautiful distinction because i think between normal people sometimes we use the two of them interchangeably but they are not <laughs> they're not the no same. they are not <laughs> they're not the same okay so 
Ben, how about if I'm a small business? Well, if I'm a business, and then the, in the UK, PayPal now rolled out the, hey, you can pay with crypto, this, the other. What's the, the good, the bad, the risky elements, non-risky elements of as a business taking crypto as a form of payment? Well, I don't know. I don't know whether there is, you know, I, I guess it depends on what do you does your customer is there a need for your customer you know base because it should be really driven by a customer demand you know um do you do you in a in in that type of do you run the type of business that is likely to um process um match of those um payments this, themselves again with paypal you know they they a custodial um wallet type of wallet you know so it's, it's not like your um i suppose um you know, they ultimately are just facilitating that process for you of accepting and then um, giving you uh, uh, that, that payment um, um, in Bitcoin. And I don't know actually how it works in PayPal, whether they whether your balance is held in the cryptocurrency or whether they convert that balance into, um, you know, fiat. I don't know um, how that works. Um, it's as I say, I would say that. Um, don't really know i don't really know I, I think i would say it should be definitely driven by your your customer your um, needs yeah yeah don't do it because it's a you know it's a fun um, you know gimmick exactly that you know if you're not going to uh, if your customer is not going to use it then you know what what is the point of doing it but i do think that um as a business i think actually where the application could be much greater depending on, on um, uh, on your um, supply chain is actually in the in the remittance and B2B payments. Because if you think about, um, um, you know, if, you, if you've got very distributed supply chain, particularly if you're dealing with countries like, you know, African countries or um, some Asian countries, that actually that, I think, could um, deliver benefit um, in terms of that remittance piece again, in a business to business payment i think that's an interesting uh, use case where i think actually cryptocurrency could have much much greater application and deliver much greater benefit you know oh, accepting um, payments yeah. in bitcoin and um you know other cryptocurrencies is you know yes because i've thought about it and i was like if i have an online shop and i sell i don't know whatever i sell t-shirts mm. And I accept crypto. Oh yeah, my customers, do they want to pay with crypto? For example, someone like me, it's like, well, I bought some crypto, but I'm seeing it as a form of investment. Yeah. So even if the shop tells me, oh, we accept crypto, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going yeah. to pay with crypto, I'll pay you with my pounds. Well, this is it. And I think, you know, for me again, there are so many different tokens and I think they have distinct utility. So, uh, you know, for me, someone accepting Bitcoin, I don't intend to purchase anything with Bitcoin because for me, it's a, it's a form of investment, long-term investment. And it's, Bitcoin was, you know, designed in sort of storing value, really. I, 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 it wasn't designed as a, um, a you know, uh, 
payment facilitating type yeah. of currency. I don't think it's the best. You know, the fees can be, it's volatile, the fees can be quite high. So I don't think actually I would be using, um, you know, uh, Bitcoin for that. Bitcoin SV, much cheaper, much, much faster actually as a blockchain itself. So actually it probably has better utility as a traditional form of what we think of a traditional currency. So I think, you know, different tokens will have different utilities. So think about it in, you know, in, th in that way as a business, you know, how likely is someone spending their Bitcoin to buy ice cream? Uh, no. I don't think that likely. But are there other tokens that um, are better suited or could you utilize, as they say, blockchain to to manage your B2B um, payments if you have particularly complex supply chain? Awesome. It sounds like the future is here and it's just going to be accelerated. It's very interesting to think about it like in five years time. It is. And I think it's, you know, it's. It's super exciting to be, I, I don't think, um, I don't know about you, but I maybe, um, well, actually, we all, I think, have just gone through and were part of and witnessed something historic with the pandemic, yes. yeah. But you not often are you part of something that I think will be written in, in, the, history. in, in, the, in the history books. Uh, and I do genuinely believe that, you know, um, cryptocurrency and blockchain application we are just at that cusp of the industry, just, just exploding into beginning. the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's pretty cool to be part of that, and you know, hopefully being mentioned sometime in the future in history books. Um, that you know, we we were at the forefront um, of it. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, Doug, for joining us in the show. It's been extremely insightful and informative. <laughs> so. Thank you for all your insights. Uh, where can people find you if they want to know more either about your career journey or Sumo? Uh, well, so first, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love talking to you and reconnecting and, you know, um, going on a bit of a um, um, reminiscence journey. And um, you can find me at on LinkedIn, um, um, Dagmara Aldrich, or you can find me on um, Twitter. Um, also Dagmara Aldrich, and you can find me on um, Instagram with Dagmara Aldrich, nice and simple. Awesome, perfect. And then if people in the UK want to use your app as a wallet, where can they find you? Go to zumo.money, um, our website, and follow us on, uh, we have a great um, community um, uh, called Zumo Community on Telegram, or uh, find us on LinkedIn under Zumo, and there is loads of amazing resources we've got one of the most amazing marketing directors and she's doing amazing job at um you know removing the cryptic from crypto and making um making um our conversations about crypto as simple as possible yes because it's about that it's about making it easy and simple just like day to day rather than that thing of crypto that i don't want to talk about <laughs> exactly that Amazing. Well, Doug, thanks again one more time. And everyone, just like every week, I'll ask you to re-listen to the show and then take one thing, one takeaway, and then go and implement it. In this case, it may be research, go and open a wallet, or just like think about opening a wallet, but just get a little bit closer to crypto. It's not that scary. <laughs> 
Okie dokie, everyone. Thank you so much and speak to you next week. Thank you. Bye.